Come on and love him. I thank you, Jesus, for the great gift of the Holy Ghost, the precious blood that's in the precious name of Jesus Christ. I give you thanks, Lord. I give you thanks, dear God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you. Thank you, dear God. Let's give God a big hand together. Thank you, Lord. If you have a Bible tonight, let's take a look at the book of Psalms. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. We're going to look at Psalm 105, or verse 105 of Psalm 119. And the writer was inspired to say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Everybody said, praise the Lord. All right. You may be seated. Nehemiah chapter 8. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man. Talk about unity. And they did that into the street. And it was before the water gate. I like that. I like that. Because... Water has a whole lot to do with this truth, these great waters of the Holy Ghost. And we want to we wanna open, ask God to open the floodgates and let the waters of the Holy Ghost, rivers of waters, to come into this city, through this church, to many, many people that, as was stated tonight, are waiting for us to come pray for them and for this great salvation, this salvation that belongs to God, not man-made salvation. That's the problem. We've got a lot of religions that are simply based on man's human thinking and their reasonings. It is not based upon revelation. It is not based upon the light. Revelation is light. It's the, it's the entrance of His Word that brings the light to people's hearts. We want that good word of God to come flooding in. Listen closely now as he says, one man, the people were as one man, they had unity, and they were where the water was at, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe, man with the book, and asked him to bring the book, bring the book, which the Lord had commanded to the people, to the church, to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding. Somebody, I believe it was Brother Tom, said this morning that he was glad that God had given him a hearing ear along with a seeing eye. For us to be able to truly hear the Word of God, that it won't be something that we just pass it off lightly, and that we ho-hum it, but that we give a diligence 
to the word of the Lord and that we understand that God means exactly what he says and we also believe that it will do us good. The word of God is going to prosper us. The word of God is going to educate us. The word of God is going to help us. Everybody said amen. All right, listen closely now. So Ezra, the priest, he brings the word before the congregation for both men and women, for everybody, and all that could hear with understanding upon this day in this month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water from the morning until midday. You're talking about long-winded now. Aren't you glad I keep it a little bit shorter than that? I know you are. You might as well fess up to it. All right. And he said, listen to what he went on to say, and those before the men and women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book, unto the word. Now we have in the New Testament, Matthew 25, we have a teaching from Jesus Christ, and he separated or made a big difference between the foolish and the wise. And the difference was that the foolish, they did not take the oil. They didn't get the Holy Ghost. They didn't desire. But you know, the Word of God teaches us that we must have the Holy Ghost. We must have this experience. This is not something that you can just decide that, well, it's just something if you want it. That's the way a lot of so-called churches preach it. They preach and they teach without understanding, with people not paying attention, with a lack of unity, and with human thinking. They teach people that you can get it if you want it. Well, they've done that for so long that nobody wants it, and they no longer even mention it. Now it's just sign a card, shake a hand, accept Christ as your personal Savior, and many other human-coined phrases or coined phrases based on human reasoning and thinking. But it is not based on chapter and verse. It is not based on the Word of God. Therefore, it is not it does not provide the lamp and the light for you to go in the right direction. But I want to tell you, friend, when you start getting this Word of God, it absolutely turns on the high beam for you, and it lets you see where you should be going and what God is saying. You get your understanding open to the Word of God. You get in step. You get in rank. You get in harmony with the church with the people of God, the Word of God. You get that understanding. Everybody said amen. When the preaching is preached, when the Word of God is going forth in Sunday school or in regular service here or in conferences or as Friday night will be a youth rally, we'll have a special preacher coming in from California. And when that Word of God goes forth, you don't want to be daydreaming about something else. You don't want to be thinking about friends and fun right then. You want to focus your mind and get your ears open and listening to what the Word of God that's coming forth is saying. And with it can come understanding. With it can come the power to open your understanding that you'll grasp the Word of God. You know, when you learn something in a language or you learn something in math 
or English, which is a language, of course, but I mean like grammatically. You learn something that you didn't know before or you struggled with. When you get it, when your mind sees it, when your mind grasps it, and the reason your mind is going to see it is because your mind, for one thing, is going to bring in through the light into your eyeball, into your brain. It like puts a picture on your brain, and your brain begins to put the decoding situation to it, and pretty soon that light bulb, we call it, goes on, and you say, oh, I see that. I understand that now. Well, how much more the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God is doing this for you? He's bringing this light to you. He's telling you, I'm going to shine it so that where you've been in darkness and you couldn't see and you stumbled and you tripped, now you've got the light. It's going to be there for your feet. You're going to see where you're going. You're going to be heading down the straight and the narrow that Jesus talked about, and it's going to take you to the gate. It's going to take you to the pearly gate where you're going to enter in on a street of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl, all the great things that God has planned. He's going to do that for you. He's going to do that for you. The Bible said that Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, and it had been made for this purpose. There are things in the church that they're there for a purpose. There are decisions that are made by leadership that they are for a purpose. You may not always know. You may not always understand. It may not even be given to you at that moment to understand. That's where your faith comes in. You may not always understand what the teaching of the church on chapter and verse and subject matter is at that moment. But it is there, and it will be taught, and it will be presented to you, hopefully in a fundamental way that you can understand. And those of you that have been in the church for some time, you should, you should pray every service that God would let His Word go forth in a way that new people would understand it. You need to learn to get a burden for new people. You need to pray for new people. You need to be nice. You need to care. You need to get under the load for people. I'm telling you, there's a place called hell, and we don't want people to go there. They could be my greatest enemy, but I don't want them to go to hell. That's way beyond, friend, way beyond. That's such a dreadful thing, and it's world without end. No getting out of there once you're in there. Everybody said amen. All right, then. Time to, how many times we have preached, Paul said, when I put away, when I became a man, I put away childish things, that both men and women need to grow up and need to, need to start getting under the load of the work of God. Let me tell you something. In the old day, they used to travel in wagons, and when the wagon was, was empty, you could hear the wagon coming from long, long distances away because it was unloaded. It made a lot of racket. A lot of racket, a lot of noise. Sometimes when people are talking all the time, it makes me understand that they're not loaded. They're not under the burden of what we're doing. And they just yakking, 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 yakking all the time. But you know that wagon, it did talk about they that go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall without doubt come again bringing their sheaves 
with them. They're going to be loaded down with the harvest. They're carrying the burden of the harvest. They're not going to be running their mouths all the time. They're not going to be going to and fro all the time aimlessly. They won't be, what did it say, come into my field and let's go reap the harvest. But they stood idle in the marketplace, always in the marketplace. Got time for this and time for that and time for the other. But somehow or another, come visitation day, got no time for that. God, I got to do something else. I got to be somewhere else. You better reassess things and you better look at your priorities. You better check your burden. You better find out if you're just making a lot of racket or whether or not you're under the load of this thing. Pray about that. Pray about that. Well, anyway, let me uh, move on here in, in Nehemiah. So a pulpit of wood made for the purpose. And he had good men standing beside him. And the scripture teaches he opened the book, the word of God, in the sight of all the people. For he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. We always want to give great respect to the word of God. There have been visions of angels in the sanctuary. And that when the word of God was opened and the preacher began to read it, that the angels stood in attention with great great respect for God's Word. And we want to be among the angels. We want to be a good example to the angels. That's why your Bible talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, particularly about the women, lest they did not do a certain thing that it would give a cause for angels to rebel. It's important, ladies, that you do what the Word of God teaches, just as it's important that the men do what the Word of God teaches, that there are purposes, there are reasons, there are principles behind what God's Word said. And if you'll do what God said to do and show submission and not be in rebellion, then you're actually aiding and abetting the angels to also stay in harmony and rank. Don't you know that a third of the angels kept not their first estate, the place that God gave to them in the heaven of heavens, and they went with the devil. And buddy, they're with him now. And they will be with him for the misery of all of eternity. Everybody said amen. You know, when we were praying for a woman, a young lady actually, I believe she was 18 years old, and she was filled with an evil and ugly spirit. And that spirit got in her because they took the Bible and they were burning the pages of it. And they were inviting evil spirits to come in. And they wanted this young girl to have an evil spirit in her to be a medium for them. These people were involved in the wrong things. You hear me? And, and I'm not going to brag on the devil. But I am telling you he's very real. And you play around with him and you're going to find out just how real he is. Now we had a young man come here just the other day. In the middle of the day, he called me, and he asked me if he could come. He said, you baptized me? I said, yes, I remember. And he said, well, I wanted to bring my, of course, it's hard to say wife because so few get married, girls. Just give you babies, and then that's it. See, here at the church, we preach that young man and young woman under leadership, under the guidance of and good, strong communication, in a prayerful way, we're praying for marriages made in heaven. And, and, and as we do that, then we're going to uh, have a nice marriage and a wedding 
and the man is going to marry the woman, and the woman's going to marry the man, or the boy's going to marry the girl, and the girl's going to marry the boy, and that by the grace of God, they're going to be in the church, and they're going to live happily ever after, and somewhere down the road, God will bless them with a child. And everybody said amen. It's going to be done in the right order. Now, if you stay with the church, you're going to get things done in the right order. You're going to have a husband. You're going to have a wife. It's going to be done correctly. Everybody said amen. It's going to be done according to the Bible. I gave, um, after long abstinence, I finally gave Tom permission to call Sister Kesey. And he almost gave her a heart attack. What are you doing calling me? Where did you get this number from? I'm, calling, I'm hanging up and I'm calling senior pastor right now. And he said, you're not listening. Senior pastor gave me the number. Oh, oh. Well, you know, that was the right reaction for her to have. That's good training. You know, I'm not just going, as good a man as Tom is, I'm not just going to take your word. I'm going to get that confirmed. So let's hang up and let me call senior pastor right now. And I'll tell you what, she breathed a heavy sigh of relief when I said, yes, I gave him the number and I gave him permission. Let's give God a big hand. So there's purpose. And there's a way to bring this word of God. There's a way to do things right. There's a way that we cast out rebellion. And we bring the right example. And we grow the plant. You know, right down the street, They've got the University of Florida, and they've got their experiment station. And they, under controlled conditions, they're trying to always improve upon the kind of plant that they're working with, be it uh, a lettuce or a tomato or a sugar cane. They want to grow a better product. They want it to be able to yield more. They want it to be able to withstand the forces that come against it, the bugs and the weather and the different things that would try to destroy it. I'm trying to tell you, you come to the church. We want, we've got the right seed. We've got the Word of God. We've got the chapter and verse. We've got the truth of the subject matter. But we want to, under controlled conditions, we want to raise you up to be a hardy, strong, yielding plant, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. We want you to be productive and bring forth fruit unto eternal life. This isn't for a day or a week or a month. This is for eternity. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. All the people answered, Amen, Amen. Well, let's try that. Amen. And it said they did it with the lifting up of their hands. Let's stand up and try that. But it said, Amen. 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 Woo, I like that. <laughs> the Bible said they worshiped, even to the point, and I certainly would encourage you from time to time in prayer, that they worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. Sometimes you just got to, you know, take the purse off the shoulder, take the pen out of your pocket, and uh, you just got to get down to business. You got to get your mind on him. And we all have to fight through things to do that. Sometimes when I will come in here early in the morning, it's very, very dark, and I like that. 
I want it dark because I don't want to see something that I'm going to straighten because I see it's out of place because then I'm not concentrating on prayer. So I have to, you know, you can spend an hour and, and the room got a good straightening out, but not much praying got done. So, you know, you have to, you have to focus on what you're doing. That's why it's said to enter into the closet and shut the door. Well, sometimes I'll, the sun is starts coming in and the light is coming in. So I'll, I'll go shut those doors and just make this my big old closet. And I, want, I don't want that light because I know, again, I'm going to see things. I'll see something on the floor, something out of place that needs to be done the right way, and I'll want to do it. But I don't need to do that right then. I need to pray right then. I need to focus on God right then. And everybody said amen. All right. I, uh, I remember one time I prayed in the kitchen downstairs for many a year, and um, I was praying, and I was really feeling my prayer right then. And somebody walked in and said, Senior Pastor, and I said, Go! <laughs> Whew, I felt bad for them. But right then, I did not want to be disturbed. I didn't want anybody to interfere with what I was feeling right then. And prayer is important. And it's been said, when you feel like praying, you better pray. When you feel that inspiration, take advantage of that. Because God makes it really easy to pray right then. He opens a channel for you, as opposed to those times when you feel like the heavens are brass and iron, <laughs> and it's, it's going up, bouncing back down on you. But when you get that channel open, you go ahead and take that. You take advantage of that. All right. So sometimes we have to put our nose in the carpet, so to speak. All right. But he said that um, he uh, caused, the preacher caused the people to understand the law. We want you to understand the Word of God. We want you to know why you believe and why we believe or why the church believes what it believes. Okay? Everybody said amen. So we want to cause you to understand the Word and the people, the Bible said, they stood in their place. It's a good thing to realize that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. He went to Calvary and gave that flesh for a sacrifice. He shed the blood of the Spirit for you to have a place. He made a place for you. Your place is nobody else's place. Think of it as a reserved parking place. And God has made a place for you in the church, in the body of Christ, just as he made a place in a human body for a liver or a stomach, or an appendix, okay? He made a place. Those things all go where they belong according to God's design. Well, he has a church, and it's likened to a body, and you better remember that you are given a place, or there is a place appointed to you, and God wants you in that place. And you could always be out of joint because you covet somebody else's place. I never told you about the, the guy that, uh, or the woman or whatever, the person that didn't like their, their cross. And they got uncomfortable under their cross. And I guess they got cross because they were uncomfortable with their cross. They got irritable. And they got, you know, when people get irritable and people get snappy and, and all those kind of things and they're running their mouth and, and saying stuff and dropping little, it is written, behold, uh, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And they're so miserable that sparks are flying off of them. 
and they're dropping in places little comments that are cause fires. And pretty soon we've got this big thing going on, you know. So I'm saying to you that it is very important that you get in the Spirit and keep that flesh under subjection. Let this Word be a lamp and a light for you. Let it show you the proper direction to go, the proper attitude to have. Teach you about the fruit of Spirit and begin to educate you as to, and so that you will understand how God would have us to conduct ourselves. We're not called to be like everybody else. We're called to be men and women that are head and shoulders above the rest in the spiritual realm, if you please. That's what we're called to be. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. What about him? You're not supposed to be about what about him. You're not supposed to covet somebody else's place either in the body of Christ. You be what God has designed you to be. And if, and if you view it as a little fingernail, then you just be the best fingernail you can be. You hear me? Because those happen to be very protective. You ought to protect the work. You ought to protect the truth. You ought to protect the leadership. You ought to stand behind. You ought to hold up the hands. Amen. And amen. Amen. You ought to protect the harvest. The harvest. The precious fruit of the earth, the book called it. So the Bible said they stood in their place. In their place. That's English. That's T-H-E-I-R. Okay? Their place. That's not the word over there. That's T-H-E-R-E. Talking about their place. You're sitting in your place. You're standing in, that person is standing in their spot or their place or sitting in their seat. We seem to have those, don't we? Hopefully you've had to move a little bit. Indicates growth. And you better be ready to move and to give up your seat if necessary. You, you, again, you think of new people as your company. They're visiting into the house. And you want to make them feel comfortable. You want to... Be a gracious host, part of the host team. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. So they read in the book, in the Word of God, distinctly. It wasn't general. It was very distinct. It was very exact. It was very purposeful. And they gave the sense. That means as we read it, we're going to teach you about it. We want to help you to understand the Word of God. Don't want somebody to ask you a question and then you don't know the answer. Then all you've got to do is come and we will go over that with you. and We will show you what it means and explain to you what it means from the Bible so that you can share with people why you believe what you believe. Everybody said amen. I had a man come and knock on my door the other day and uh, I saw what he had in his hand, a little pamphlet, and I said, um, let me tell you who I am. And he looked at me, and I introduced myself. I said, I'm Senior Pastor Fell of the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ of Belglade Incorporated. And I said, I have repented of my sins. And Pastor Urshan was sitting 15 feet, maybe 20 feet away, and he was just chuckling because I was just like a machine gun. Bam, 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 bam. And I, but I did it very nicely. And I said, and I am baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of my sins. I'm filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and I go to different places, and we give out invitations and teach people about the kingdom of Almighty God. 
still there. And uh, so anyway, um, he had this thing, and it said about Jesus dying for the sins of the world. And I said, do you know how to get rid of your sins? Well, that's what the talk's going to be about. I said, I asked you, do you know? Oh, well, if you want to debate, I don't want to debate. I'm just asking you if you'll answer my question. Do you, do you know how Jesus gets rid of your sins? Because uh, if you don't, I said, I do. I said, right, right here in the book. He said, he said, well, I believe the book. I said, do you? I said, so you, you believe Acts 2.38? He said, of course I do. I said, could you quote it for me? I'm not going to do that. Now, I got children sitting here that's going to do that, you know, and I want to make sure that when they grow up and somebody says about how to be saved, that that's going to be in their mind, and that's going to be right there. They're not going to say something like, uh, well, just shake the preacher's hand, you know. Accept Christ as your personal Savior. You know, they're not going to say that because that's not in the Bible. They're going to say what's in the Bible, chapter and verse, subject matter. And given the chance to say it, they're going to say it. And if they're not given the chance, we're going to pry open the door of opportunity and utterance. We're going to do it in the right spirit. We're going to do it in the right attitude. We're going to do it properly. But by the help of God, we're going to do it. Going to do it. So they gave the sense and they caused to understand the reading. We want to cause you to understand this. We're going to put some effort behind this. Okay? We want you to understand. And everybody said amen. So the priest, the preacher... And all those that worked with them, they taught the people. And they said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Well, we live in a time where, you know what? Every day is holy unto the Lord for us. 24-7, 365 and a quarter. Hey, I started to tell you about that cross, didn't I? You thought I forgot. I was just waiting to see if you were paying attention, sitting on the edge of your seat. So the, the uh, fellow started chafing person started chafing under the cross and um, decided they didn't like it. So they went to the angel of the Lord and said, I, I don't like this. I want to trade this one in. And the angel of the Lord showed him a wall just filled with crosses one after another. He said, all right, I'll take that one and put it back. And he said, just put it back among all the others. And he said, okay, which one you want? I want that one. Woo, that's a shiny one. I like that one. Okay, so he pulls that one out. Gives it, he says, "Oh, he said that's too small. That don't fit right." Oh, okay, so we take that one back. Pick another one. Oh, oh, there, there it is. There's the one. That's it. I know that's it. I know that's what God wants for me. I know, I know, I know. Got that cross put on the shoulder. <laughs> Man, that's too heavy. Woo, that's too big. I can't handle that. So the angel picked that cross up, 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 and he set it back against the wall. And he said, all right, this time. He says, all right, give me that one. That there is the one. The angel said, you sure? You ain't supposed to take a picture of me doing this. <laughs> he said, you sure that you want that cross? You don't want that cross. He said, yes, I do. I want that one. You sure you want that one? He said, yes, I want that one. He said, good, because that's the one you brought in here to begin with. 
put it back on his shoulder and out the door. Or as Diego said, get on out of here. <laughs> Woo! All right. All right. Let's stand together. Well, I'll put that good sense in you somehow or another, won't I? <laughs> oh, everybody said praise the Lord. Let's take a moment and love him. Sometimes something is so right and why something other is so wrong, you know? And there are some things, and it's nice to illustrate it that way, but, you know, we really can't just put this cross off and then put a different one on, put this cross off, put it We can't really do that. They're really, the idea, the moral of the story rarely there is for you to be content with what God gave you because he knows what he's doing. And that you need to get that same confidence in the ministry when they tell you that this is right and that this is not right. Sometimes I admit it is very difficult for me to tell you just exactly in words why. And it's all I can say is, like Sister Ann coined the term, obey me. And she had such a wonderful marriage because he did. You know? So... Uh, sometimes, and brother, he was a, a rough, contrary, gruff woodsman. So for that big bear to humble down under that voice that said, Obey me, you know, then uh, that took a lot of humility and a lot of bringing that flesh under subjection, you know, because if you're not careful, you can, you can be where you, you want what you want. So sometimes, you just have to submit yourself. It's a good thing, and that's all we're interested in, is good things for you. Good things. We'll never recommend anything bad to you. We're only going to recommend good things. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. There are times when it just feels oh so right. Those are the easy ones. But when it feels oh so wrong, Sometimes that's a little difficult to get that across because it's going to come with the inevitable, why? You know, I had a guy riding with me one time, and he, he was arguing with me. It was building up to an argument. He was being argumentative. We've said it's okay to disagree, but at the point that you become disagreeable, that's when a spirit gets into it right there, okay? Kind of like where's that rapture at? Well, it's right between the fifth and the sixth seal. It's just right in there. <laughs> so... Things can just be right there where spirit gets into it. And he, 
a spirit got into it. Very, very, became very argumentative with me. And I said, one day, you're going to be sitting in the seat I'm sitting in. And I said, and you're going to be trying to explain to your child why not. You're going to rack your brain to come up, not only with chapter and verse and subject matter, but with teaching as to why not. I said, you're going to be racking your brain. and Then you're going to know the feeling that I'm feeling right now. And that's what I drop on Brandon all the time. I said, one day, J.L. is going to be a little older. I mean, she's, he said, no, nah, it ain't going to happen because she ain't going nowhere. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, I hope the Lord lets me be around for that one. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Well, give God a big hand. We'll sing a little bit more. Yeah. I want to see my Jesus someday. I want to see my Jesus someday.